Hey babes, welcome to another episode of Heal and Thrive After Heartbreak, hosted by yours truly, Alexander Eva May. On this show, we get real about healing after heartbreak and thriving on the other side. Hey Heartbreak Warriors, look at me, coming at you two weeks in a row with two episodes. I was pretty good for the first uh, run of the show, like the first, I don't know, 10 episodes of coming like bi-weekly, pre- pretty on time. And then... I took a big break. Lots happened. I um, was seriously injured twice now. I dislocated my shoulder and that's a whole history of a thing. And then I dislocated my elbow. I think about two weeks ago. It has been crazy. So I'm very impressed that I'm even doing this right now. But I, I got on. I am trying to get right back into giving you regular episodes. It's a hard life. It gets crazy. It gets so busy. But thank you for being with me. And I'm noticing a lot more people are actually showing up to listen to the episodes. It's cool to see the download rates go up and up and up. This show is, I think, resonating with people because I'm getting new and listeners every week. The last episode about life isn't a competition is right now the most highly downloaded episode in the first two weeks. So like a plazo, I guess, like that's amazing. Plazo, oh my God, I'm such a nerd. Um, But yeah, so it's very exciting. Lots of cool stuff uh, happening with the show. Um, If you're not connected with me, make sure you go to Instagram, search the Alexander Eva May. Check me out. Hit follow if you want. Um, right now, I'm, I've been using my Instagram a lot to uh, promote and advertise my kids' books, which I talked about in the last episode. And if you want to hear all about the kids' books, head back to the last episode. I'm not going to talk about it here. Uh, but there is a link in the um, bio of this episode for the books if you want to order. I'm doing a big pre-order campaign right now. And thank you to anyone who supports. That's amazing. If you follow me over on the IG, you will be updated as soon as something else gets launched. And I'm working on something right now that doesn't go with her awakening my book, but it's like an extension, a little bit of that. And it also is an extension of all the writing that I've done over the years online. And I'm working on it. I'm developing it and I'm planning on releasing it literally in the next few weeks. Fingers crossed. So if you want to be the first to know about that, follow over there and you'll get the update right away as soon as it launches and hits the 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 online store, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Oh my God, let me just get into the episode. This is your first episode here. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I hope you enjoy what you listen to. Uh, a lot of listeners I'm finding are like coming in for one episode and they're like, hmm, this topic in this episode interests me or this topic interests me or this one. And this episode in particular, I am stoked for. And I think I say that every episode when I interview someone because the guests I've had on here are incredible and they have all been women, which is amazing, right? <laughs> um, but they're amazing women. Um, and that doesn't say I won't have a guy on at some point, but up till now it's all been women. But this particular guest is a dear friend of mine. Uh, Lauren McKinley and myself, we've known each other for, I would say at this point, like five, maybe six years. And when I say no, it's so funny because I consider her a pretty good friend, even though we've never actually met in person. So when I started all this online stuff, I started on Instagram under a different handle and everything. And at the time, it it was very small. And I started to connect with like a few, I call them like my divorce tribe, like a few people. 
and we formed a little small kind of group, a little tribe of sorts, and we would um, chat and send each other messages when we were feeling low and like bounce things off each other and just really support each other through everything that we've been doing and support each other emotionally when we were going through all that divorce stuff and, and also professionally and personally and all that stuff and celebrating each other. And Lauren has been like there for the whole thing. And so I just, I'm so excited to have her on the show. She's an amazing person. She has an incredible story. Like I mentioned, her name is Lauren McKinley, and she's the founder of Her Soul Repair, an organization for women healing from divorce and betrayal. She is an author, creator of the Same Team Co-Parenting Guide, speaker, wife, and mom of three. She is most passionate about sharing the hope that can come from even the most heartbreaking circumstances. And in this episode particularly, she's going to be discussing the infidelity in her marriage, um, how that all came to light, and how she healed after. I am so excited to have Lauren McKinley with us today on the podcast. Hi, Lauren. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here and joining us. Uh, We love hearing from people that have healed and thrived after heartbreak. I know there's so many people listening that get so much inspiration. So thank you so much for coming. You probably heard in the beginning of the episode that Lauren is a best-selling author. Her book, Stop Wrecking My Home, How to Come Out of a Broken Marriage in One Piece is phenomenal. I think I ripped through it in one or two nights. Like I couldn't put it down. So first of all, it's so, so good. Thank you. Thank you so much. So uh, Lauren, I just would love for you, and I I shared with the listeners already that you wrote the book, but do you want to give us a little bit of a summary of your background at all? Sure. Well, as you said, I'm Lauren McKinley, and I am the founder of Her Soul Repair, which is an online community for women healing from betrayal and divorce. So I, with women who have gone through infidelity, who are healing from the trauma of divorce, um, in that we have a Facebook group and a blog, and I'm also an author, as you said. My most recent project was creating a co-parenting guide, same team, the ultimate co-parenting guide, where I share my top five co-parenting tips some video content and uh, reflective questions. And I'm also a wife and a mom of three. Amazing. And for those that are looking to pick up the book or the co-parenting guide, the links are in the show notes and also pop a link into my Instagram bio if you are connected with me there. So you can grab them for anybody that's co-parenting out there, anybody going through a split, especially if you've had infidelity in your marriage. I didn't experience that, but reading Lauren's book, it really helped me understand better how that feels and and healing about that. So I kind of got into it a little bit. Can you share with the listeners about your heartbreak story? Sure. Why not? (laughs) Uh, Back in 2010, I got married and had a seemingly perfect life. We did everything very much by the book, met at church, dated for a reasonable time, got married Then soon after, bought a house, had a baby. And from my perspective, picture perfect. I was living my dream life. Um, Our daughter, right around her first birthday, um, I started just noticing a little bit of a shift within my marriage and our, our little family unit. But I just 
thought maybe he was struggling with something at work or going through something personal, not in a million years thought it really had to do with our marriage because from my end, our marriage was great. Um, Mm -hmm. We didn't have any of those stereotypical issues when you think of infidelity. So what, I don't mean to interrupt, but what were some of the things that you started to notice with your ex? Like we don't need to get into detail or anything, whatever you're comfortable, but maybe someone, there could be people listening that are suspecting that there might be cheating going on. Like, what did you notice in your situation? In our situation, it was just an underlying distance. So it Mm. wasn't like anything within our marriage, the dynamics really changed, but it was just like there was something tense and there was something distant and I couldn't really pinpoint it. And finally it got to a point where I was like, I don't know what's going on, but you need to let me in. And at this point it had been like three months of this distance is the best way to describe it. And I was just trying to give him space and grace and like, whatever you're going through right now, I want to be a supportive wife for you. And then the night that we were supposed to talk about what was going on, he had left his phone on the ledge right at our entryway. And then I saw the text messages. Oh my God. So I don't know if he left his phone there on purpose so that I would find out he knew it was coming out anyways that night. I don't, oh my I don't really know. <laughs> Uh, but the text interchange was between him and another friend. And the friend was just telling him like, you need to tell Lauren, you need to be honest. You need to tell her you're in love with the other oh woman. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, it was like pit in your stomach. There's no real way to describe the initial feeling other than like someone just punched you in the stomach. That's so awful. I know oh. really nothing worse. And, and it's like, you're, betrayed by the person who you vowed your life to never betray each other. You know, it's like the worst possible betrayal. And um, then I would say from there, I actually wanted to stay married. Uh, Like I said, our daughter was one. Mm -hmm. So this was just the start of her little life. And I hadn't accepted the fact that a blended family could be an option. I just I didn't want that for her. I wanted her family union to stay intact. So I wanted to stay married. And uh, my ex, he did not. uh, He went, he he wavered back and forth for about a year. (laughs) But I would say more, more so he did not. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And then about a year after all of that had gone down, we actually filed finally. And then that process took about a year and some change. So the finality was about a two-year window, which in hindsight, I am thankful that I had time to heal and time to accept and work on myself and rebuild and all the things. But in the moment, those two years were like devastating, like moment by moment, you're just surviving Yeah, I can't imagine because it's so infidelity is so different than so many other situations where people divorce. It's so like if you discover it in a moment, like you described, it's so sudden. And then all of a sudden, I would imagine everything just shifts. And yeah, like you mentioned healing. So how did you heal 
like during those two years or after when you decided to end your marriage, like how did you heal from all that? Well, it's such a layered process. I feel like there were so many different components that went into my healing personally. My faith was really important to me. So a lot um, of my healing was based on prayer and just the peace that I received from my faith. I would say grieving, like it's such a loss, especially when it is sudden, like it was for me. Uh, So taking the time to grieve each little loss that made up your former life more or less, like it was your former marriage, Mm -hmm. but it was your former existence. So like grieving the kids you wanted to have or the the next house you were going to buy or your next vacation or just any future plans that you had together as a marriage, you have to grieve and let go. And so I think that was helpful to me was just taking those moments as they came, the triggers, the moments of grief and just feeling them and releasing them, you know, not fixating because that isn't healthy either, but (laughs) also realizing they are no longer your reality and you need to come to terms, release, and then, you know, move forward. So I don't know. It's, there's so much that went into healing. I also did a divorce care support group. Did you ever try that? So I've seen, I, well, I'm part of the group. I, I'm not um, on it a ton because I'm just kind of in a different space now, but I have seen it for people listening. It is amazing. Lauren, can you share with everybody what your support group is and how people can find it? Yeah. So my personal one is um, Her Soul Repair, which is the name of my blog and website. And so our Facebook community is incredible. It's full of it is. Yes. so many women who are just like, each other's cheerleaders to help, like sharing their stories, sharing what's helped them. I mean, it is incredible. And that's what I really needed at that time. Like I, I wouldn't say, and we kind of met right around when all of this was starting, when like there wasn't really a divorce community, there wasn't like a huge, uh, group of support like what we have now. And so it's funny because I, and I know you speak about this too, of writing your story and finding the community is we are doing this because we didn't have it. Yeah. We we're creating what we wish we would have had. So for anyone listening, I said at the intro, kind of how Lauren and I know each other, but for anybody listening, like Exactly what Lauren said. When we went online, me and her, and we connected, this was what, five, six years ago? There was, it was not a thing. Like, there, I was, I've talked about this on other shows. Like, there was not a divorce community. There was not people talking about it. It was not a thing like it is now. And yeah, that's when we connected. And so it was so healing for us. So, to that, the fact that you have a group there that still is existing and so full of so many amazing women is amazing. It is. I'm very thankful. And like I said, it's uh, not everyone shares the exact details, but it's nice because it's like, oh, well, one person may have gone through that particular thing and then another person, maybe this similar situation. So it is just so nice to feel like you are not alone because 
I, yeah. I think when infidelity is involved, especially your confidence and self-worth takes such a beating because you've just been left, right? You're yeah. like totally <laughs> <Yeah>. rejected. <laughs> um, so I think hearing other people share what they've gone through and what's helped also shows that like, hey, you can rebuild and you can find your worth again and you can start over and all of those things that we love sharing with people. Isn't that the thing? And I think I, I've said it somewhere I wrote in my book, like it's not just connecting with women that are going through a divorce. That's very important, but it's finding those people that have lived through or are living through your specific circumstance. So if you are listening and you've been through infidelity and you're trying to heal from that and you're going through divorce or whatever your context is, you have to find those specific people. Yes. Others going through divorce will understand or heartbreak, but you need to find those infidelity warriors they'll understand the most. Do you agree, Lauren? Like, do you think that's the case? Absolutely. Because, and that's what's so affirming about sharing your story is I felt like my book was very raw, very honest. Like I held nothing back. And I say it was the most intimate parts of my entire life. I just wrote to paper and Mm -hmm. I had so many women and still do. It's very very humbling and very um, encouraging. I have so many women write in just saying, you actually put to words how I was feeling. And like, no one knew how bad it was. But when I read the way you wrote it, it was honest enough to where, yeah, that's how low it felt. And that's how hard it was. And, you know, I think that is why we all need each other. That's why we all need each other's stories and honesty, really. Yeah. And that, like, that's a great segue to what I'm going to ask you next. So that is probably a one lesson, but like, do you have any other lessons that you learned from your heartbreak about say your heartbreak or healing from infidelity? Like any of the lessons that you gathered from your experience? So many, but (laughs) (laughs) top three to five. (laughs) I think The biggest overall one is just that life is unpredictable and Mm -hmm. no one is above something bad and heartbreaking happening to them. And for me, I just, my life leading up to my divorce was pretty cush. Like nothing ever really went all that wrong. And I kind of, I'm like a type A, always do things super by the book. And (laughs) I just didn't think that this happened to people who like made all the right choices. Like I did. I, I thought I, and that sounds really however you want to take it, but it, the experience was extremely humbling because no one is above going through something this traumatic and heartbreaking and just the devastation of divorce. No one is above it. And that it's a, a humbling truth, but I am thankful that it kind of switched my perspective because I used to be so, oh, they got divorced. Like, oh, what happened? Like, she must have been horrible. Or, <laughs> you know, you're just, yeah, you have your stigmas. And I think for me, so much of what I want to do, and I, we've talked about this before, of just breaking that, the shame stigma of being divorced and breaking the stigma of being in a blended family. It's, it's hard, but it's still out there. And I am forever trying to 
get rid of it. <laughs> well, cause it feel when you're going through it, like you mentioned, it can feel so isolating, even though, you know, when the statistics are out there, the 50 people or 50%, whatever the stat is, you know, we know it's very prevalent. Lots of people go through heartbreak or divorce. They, they people go through infidelity, but when you're going through it yourself, you just feel so isolated and alone and it can feel like the hardest thing in the whole world. So I love how you put that. It was very humbling and you realized, you know, this can happen to me. It can happen to anyone. And yeah, I think that's such a valuable lesson. Do you have any other ones or is that like the lesson that you think is the big takeaway? That was the takeaway. And I think in terms of what I may have seen in my former husband, you know, I think when I did get back out there and after my divorce was final and I felt ready for just maybe a new relationship, just open to it. I think I also learned just to have those rose colored glasses off and be very observant of people in different situations and people in different interactions. Because like I said, with my ex, there was never a huge like blaring red flag by any means, but I was also a lot younger and I feel like there were certain things that I was maybe, you know, brushing under the rug or not as in tune with. And so going through what I did, I feel like I am just a little more in tune and to people in general, like with all relationships, just more observant, more so taking in you know, how people interact with each other, not just in front of you and putting on a good face, but like with everyone, you know, with a man, (laughs) with a stranger. (laughs) Isn't that, I I totally agree. Like, isn't that the thing when you're in your 20s, early 20s, maybe later 20s? Yeah, you do put up with so much or you just, like you said, push it under the rug, ignore things. And then once you go through something as devastating as divorce and and you come out the other side, you're like, why did I, why did I put up with that? Or why didn't I notice that? Why did I push that down? And you become way more I don't want to say selective, but way more like your um, alert is on Like when you're dating people like you really I find or at least I found like I was very like, okay, why why is that? Why is he speaking to the waiter like that? Or why? Why is he doing this? Like, I totally agree. I think I put up with so much, too, in my marriage that I shouldn't have. (laughs) Exactly. I know when uh, the first night that I met my now husband, he calls yes. it the let's talk about that. Let's talk about okay. like after like the thriving. Okay. Yes. Let's talk. Tell me about your, what happened after. Okay. Okay. I, well, I was, yeah. So we met about, I would say five months after our divorce was final. I met my now husband and he calls the first night we met the interrogation because I was just like <laughs> rapid fire questions. I'm like, I'm not going to waste my time unless you are. Yes. <laughs> top notch and so we just always joke about that because he I was asking him like every possible question (laughs) I could think of as to like if he was good enough and obviously at the time my daughter was three so it's just so for me it was so different because obviously I didn't want to fall into the same pattern or another um, failed relationship but I Mm -hmm. also had to consider who yeah going to take in my daughter like who was I going to expose her to and all of that was a whole new ball game obviously and um but it just it you know makes you set the bar that much higher and well and if the guy isn't strong enough to like take the questions and 
next like get out of here like I really I mean here six years later we're married so (laughs) you you answered them all just fine (laughs) um a plus (laughs) yeah so so that is so much of our story now and the thriving piece we are married we have two boys Mm -hmm. um and then my daughter we have shared custody with my ex and his wife we are a modern blended family (laughs) and um obviously that comes with its own set of challenges but we we really are just great co-parents and we've been able to set our pride aside and keep our daughter the focus and just thankful that I have a partner who joined this blended family and is so just respectful and never mm-hmm. tries to step on toes and no, and is supportive of me and you know we we just have created a dynamic I'm really I'm really proud of so I have a question because I I'm I am only relating it to myself when I went through my split well back when I was married I never called him my partner it was always boyfriend then husband and then when I split up and I'm now with my now partner, he's just my partner. So I call him all the time. And my one girlfriend, she's like, you never used to talk about your ex like that. And it made me realize like, well, we didn't have a great partnership. Like, did you use that language with your ex-husband or was this like the word partner? You know what I mean? Like it came up when you were saying it. Have you ever thought about that? Or is it just, was it a word that you've always kind of used for your spouse, I guess? <laughs> I haven't thought about it. I, I think a lot of went a lot of what went right in my first marriage was our like partnership and division of labor and co-parenting. So that piece wasn't really the issue per se. So okay. I, I would say that we did have that going on, which is thankfully why we can co-parent. That's beautiful. Yeah. Somehow we were able to maintain. I, want to, I don't know if friendship's the right word. Some We were able to maintain, <laughs> you know, a relationship that has bode very well to co-parenting our daughter, which I'm thankful for. So I'll ask you in that context, do you have any tips for people that they might not be co-parenting just yet? Maybe they are thinking about dating and they're getting there or they're in a relationship. They're embracing that. Do you have any tips for people for, I guess, co-parenting after a split? Yes. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's such a situational um, experience. So our, our timeline is so long. So people look at us and they're like, wow, you guys are doing, doing all the things. And it, it took years to get here. And so I always like to lead with that because nothing in a blended family happens overnight, um, especially with children and their bonus parents. That's what we call step parents. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you know, it's not an automatic connection that needs to be nurtured and built. And thankfully, the bonus parents in our family know that and have been very patient with that. Um, a, a lot of co-parenting is swallowing your pride and leaving the past in the past. Uh, we don't really talk about the past at all unless it's like a joking sound like it it, it very rarely comes up like it, it has to be like a kind of a offhand like inappropriate joke to where it even inserts itself yeah. it and sounds like that's the danger zone like let's stay in the safe zone oh the past is danger zone yeah. 
And I write in my co-parenting guide, it's like, yes, there is water under the bridge and we have found a way not to drown in it. Like (laughs) the water hasn't gone away. Someone (laughs) is ignoring how we all got here. And that's what's hard is people arrive to blended families because one or more of that family unit has been extremely hurt and like plan A didn't go as it should have. So it's, it's very tricky and uh, it can get emotionally charged if you let it. But I think keeping, like I said, keeping the past in the past, keeping all the lines of communication open. Like if we hear something, we go straight to the source. Like if Mm -hmm. our daughter is like, Oh, I at that daddy's house, this happened. If it, if it doesn't check, with me and and I'm what I just ask him I don't let it fester and linger and I don't speculate I just and most of the time you know she was kind of making it a little more exciting of a story yes that's a thing I like that you said that you're a woke parent because I teach that's part of my life I'm a teacher and sometimes parents don't realize that kids I don't want to say they straight out lie but they sometimes they lie or they overemphasize what happened or they so I love that advice, not just going by what your seven or eight-year-old or precious nine-year-old said, check with the grown-up. <laughs> yes. And and that helps us build respect for each other, mm-hmm. too. And that's another thing is, whereas respect hasn't always been front of mind for me w- when I'm dealing with my ex, just being honest. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I can find ways to respect him because of how he shows up as a dad because of how his wife shows up as a bonus mom daughter, I can, you know, finding ways to build that respect and um, instill it within yourself is so helpful because sometimes it's like, you need to find the positive, you need to find things about these people that, oh, that is a positive. Yeah. That is good, you know, because. Yeah. I can imagine I have a friend, she has friend of a friend kind of thing got married and her parents they split up and they it was her wedding and they split up when she was like eight and they wouldn't be in a photo together and it's just like I can't even imagine dragging it on for year after year after year instead of just like you said thinking in the positive because it's not healthy it's not good for you to just stew in that negative space and it's just exhausting yeah. I mean, thinking about one of the points I make in my guide is like we all show up so Every parent conference, every gymnastics meet, every volleyball game, we're like all there. (laughs) Like our first season of soccer, we had like the the t-shirts, the team (laughs) shirts. So it's just, we've made a point to always show her that she is our priority. She didn't ask for this family dynamic, mm-hmm. you know, and that's hard. She still has a hard time and that will be her story to tell. But what we can show her is that, Hey, you don't only have two parents who love you, you have four parents who love you and support you. And, you know, that's the way that we frame it. And that's hopefully how she'll receive it. And she's got four parents that wear t-shirts to her soccer game, which is amazing. <laughs> So so if you were about to co-parent or co-parenting or thinking about it or just like after you're split and you have kids and that's down the line and you're, you should pick up the guide. 
Again, the link is in the show notes. Make sure you pick it up and join Lauren's group. But um, before we kind of wrap up, I definitely want to talk about your book. How did you decide to write your book to put it out there? Well, it was a huge part of my healing. Writing has always been very therapeutic to me and expressing myself in words to paper. Like I, I haven't always felt like I was good, maybe in conversation or public speaking, but it was just my outlet. And I felt like I didn't have what I wanted when I was going through the worst of the divorce. Like I just didn't have the advice that I needed. Like the books I was reading were so flowery and like pretty much like if, if your husband cheated on you, you must've been like a bad wife or, (laughs) or more or less, or like if, you know, some of the super religious books were like, stay married no matter what, or, you know, just, they were so black or white and that was not my story. And so I just wanted to write it down so that it had some purpose. Like I needed there to be some purpose for what I went through. And the greater purpose was obviously now helping women who experienced the same and just sharing what helped me. Like when I was the saddest of sad, what helped me when I actually felt like myself again, what contributed to that, you know? So Mm -hmm. I just wanted there to be some purpose to what I went through and I wanted to be able to take the devastation and show women, Hey, it's going to be okay. There is life after all of this madness. That's so beautiful. And I mentioned already, it is really, it's a great book and I didn't even go through infidelity, but it really just even helped me when I was going through my heartbreak. And especially if you're going through a situation like Lauren's, it's a, it's a fantastic read. It's, I couldn't put it down. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's great. So can I ask you, um, where can everybody find the things you offer, like your book, your course, um, to your blog and online, all your social, where can they connect with you? Everything you'll find on my website, which is hersoulrepair.com. That's my blog. You can find my book the same team co-parenting guide. I also have a discussion guide that lines up with my book. If you want to dive deeper, you'll find a link to our Facebook group at that website. And then of course I love Instagram. I'm Elsie McKinley and I hope to connect with all of you. This was so great. And I'm thank I just thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. It's been absolutely lovely. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the episode. I love connecting with listeners. Please, 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 please feel free to slide into my DMs. Connect with me. Say hi. Send me an email. All the things. You can connect with me on Instagram at the Alexandra Eva May. You can find me on Pinterest at the Alexandra Eva May or on Twitter at Alexandra Eva May. And while you're at it, make sure to pick up my new book, Her Awakening, One Woman's Journey to Healing After Divorce. It is a bestseller. It's all about my journey to heal after divorce and how I healed and thrived. You can grab it on Amazon or you can pick it up on my Instagram. The link is right there.